0: Can you guys keep singing that song? Just that part right there. I'm going to read some scripture verses. All my life has been faithful. Has God been faithful? He's good, isn't he? said the lord of the spirit the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there's freedom he also said out of my distress david says this in psalms out of my distress i called on the lord and the lord answered me and set me free john said if the son sets you free you'll be free indeed Paul says in Romans, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Galatians, for freedom Christ has set us free. One of Jesus' main agendas when he came was he came so that he could set you free completely, wholly, and wonderfully free. And it is in Jesus' name that every chain can be broken, every every barrier can be destroyed through the power and authority of Jesus in your life. That's where we find freedom, and it's a supernatural freedom that is outside of anything else that this world has, problems, trials, there is a freedom that is deep inside of you, that you will experience a joy because of it, and that's one of the biggest reasons why Jesus came, was so he can set you free on a daily basis. Father, we come to you today, we ask that you will set us free from every chain that Satan tries to latch onto us. God... We thank You that we have the authority in Jesus' name and the power in Jesus' name to say that those chains no longer exist in our life and we step into a freedom mentally, emotionally, spiritually, God. We have been set free in You and today we walk in that confidence in Jesus' name. We put our faith and trust in You. And when we do, we experience the complete healing of freedom through You. And it is in this prayer that we offer it up to our Father, signed by the name of Jesus, and we said this together, amen. Amen. Turn to somebody before you're seated and say, God has set me free. And turn to somebody else and say, God has set you free. Just gonna grab my stool. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, this last week, we lost a dear friend Mike Stanley. Went to uh, go be with the Lord, and we're gonna miss him dearly. But we know where he's at. So even though we miss him, we miss a good friend, and and um, it's hard to let go. It's just the reality of being being here and not living uh, permanently. Is um, we have to let go sometimes, and, and I think all of us is experienced experienced friend or a loved one that has, um, that has left us. And so Mike went, um, <sighs> he, he, he went to be with the Lord this last Wednesday. We had the wonderful privilege of knowing him. And, and um, uh, many of us have been encouraged by Mike. And it was an honor to know him. And so please be praying for Jessica and the family. And, and uh, they'll, they'll need your prayers of, of comfort during this time. Mike... Um, he lived an unbelievable life, and I said this, because um, he had struggled with, with cancer, and, and as strong as he was, he just didn't believe it. And he just didn't believe ha- how sick he really was. Um, and he was just that strong of a guy, and he didn't really let on uh, that um, there was something happening inside of him. And so um, when he was ready to go, he was just ready to go. And he was ready to go home and and be with Jesus, and uh, one one of the last things it, it, uh, one of the last things that he said, and uh, I was there uh, with them when he said, "This is easy. I can I can hear Jesus calling me," and I hugged him. You know, I mean, uh, uh, during this time, a uh, few hours before he he died, and um, he said. I'll see you at men's Bible study. And that the group was more than a group to him. It was a lifeline. Because he had people in his life who would pray with him, be there for him, support him. And he loved uh, being a part of the, the, the men in, in that uh, Bible study group. And it's a, it's a good, healthy thing. And, and so we're going to miss him. And I'm going to miss um, his, his encouragement and, and just who he is. And it's, it's good. It's healthy. Um, to shed tears. Jesus wept when his, his friend left, and it's, it's good for us. And um, Even though we know that he's dancing in the streets of gold, and, and he's just having a, the time of his life. Can we just pray for the family real quick? Can we do that together? God, I just ask that you will bless the family uh, with your supernatural peace. Lord, and uh, just cover them with your comfort. During the process of losing a loved one is not easy, and you know that, and uh, God has asked for your presence to be closer, that your voice will be um, louder more than ever for Jessica and Ellie and Susan and the family. be with them God, in a special and unique way in Jesus name. Amen. <clears throat> when I think about freedom, I think about William Wallace. you know who William Wallace is although All of my Braveheart fans, um, where he cries out freedom and that that, that desperation uh, cry. And um, it was such a powerful moment. Uh, And I think that tells us about what's inside of every single one of us. And that's that desire to be free that God has placed inside of you, inside of me, inside of every human being to be free. Now, whether we are free or not is really dependent upon our decision of how we want to experience that freedom we can experience freedom in in america uh and thankfully we do have really great freedoms here and but that has come at at a cost and like the spiritual freedom that has come at a cost it's come at a price and someone has paid that for us and if we accept that gift that's for free that cost has been paid and purchased for you it's name his name is jesus and that cost was his life for us so that we could have life a free life and um and so we're going to be talking about freedom today, which is a great topic. It's a wonderful topic uh, because there's so much joy in that. Now, we're discussing This Is Us. This Is Us, the sermon series is, this is who we are, Northview Church. This is, this is what makes us us. This is what makes us unique. Now, these are some things that, that, that we kind of have cultivated in our church and are cultivating So it's the process. So when people come in here, this is what they're going to experience. Number one, last week, we want people to know God. Number one, we want people to know him. And maybe even if for a minute, we just stop getting to know about God and just say, okay, I know enough about God. I want to know him. Because you can go your whole life having scripture verses memorized, going through all these teachings, but if you haven't experienced God, that's, that's what we're here for. Is not just the head knowledge, but how wonderful and truly life-giving God can be. Outside of anything else. We want people to just know him. Amen? That's a good agenda, isn't it? Like, for ourselves and for others. That's why we exist as a church. And number two... We want people to find freedom. So the first step is, hey, we want to know God. We come to the altar. We say, okay, God, I'm ready. I want to know you. The second part is, is we want people to discover freedom in their lives. Now, when, God's, when God saves us, right, we say, Lord, I, I'm giving my life to you. He does two things at the same time. He simultaneously saves you, rescues you, redeems you, grabs you out of that pit, and calls you his child into his, his kingdom, Right? the same time, he sets you free. So it's this miraculous work inside the soul deep down that changes us and challenges us. So, but there are some times that we have been saved, but we're not living in the freedom yet. Now, the freedom is already provided, but we haven't added that piece to the puzzle in our spiritual journey yet. We're still clinging on to the old man that is dead, but we're, we're dragging around some dry bones, some dead bones, right? And God wants to put to life us, these things, a new creation that's in you. He's already redeemed you, made you whole, and he wants us to let go of some of the dead things in our lives. But it's hard to let go of those dead things, right? You want to, but you don't want to. I mean, Paul had that internal struggle, and when he's talking about freedom. He says the things that I do, I don't, or the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do. I, and I, my spirit is at war. And what a wretched man am I! I mean, he's in this internal struggle, and it doesn't sound like a whole lot of freedom in his life. But he's the man who wrote more than anybody else in the New Testament. And so, there's a freedom process. Now, sometimes, man, God will instantly deliver you and set you free of drugs, addiction. Alcohol, pornography, there are some things, some gluttony, there's lots of issues that can trap us and chain us, and God will do them some a miracle work in an instant, boom, you're set free. And we hear stories of that throughout sprinkled throughout here. And you we have testimony after testimony of how God has broken the chain immediately. Others, there's a process of gaining freedom. You wish it wasn't that way. You're praying for that. Lord, just heal me right now. I don't want to be tied to this. Take it from me. I want freedom. You know what it is. And you experience that freedom for a little while, and then that old person comes back. And it can be destructive to your faith. It can be destructive to, do I really know God? I want to, but this old person it says I'm a new creation, but I still live in this old creation. How do I deal with this? I, I, I'm free, and I'm free indeed, but, but why am I tied and chained down? We're going to answer some of the questions. So that you'll be empowered to live in the freedom that you already have that you do have and be able to identify how to continue to live in freedom right So be empowered and these are good good things now listen all of us come from addiction you're addicted to something or you have been and then once you you overcome that or god has overcome that in your life you realize there's something else that needs to be worked on and have you ever noticed that the longer that you have decided to follow God and the more things that, that God's cleaning up your lives, the, the, the more you realize, wow, God has got a lot of work to do in my life. It's like this spiritual awakening that is like God has truly um, given you grace. So you fall more and more in love with God. And the more that you understand and know God, the more you realize the gift that he has given you to simply spend time with him. And then you don't feel this like, like like condemnation on yourself. You just feel this like over sense, overwhelming sense of how good, how big God's grace is in your life. <clears throat> God's freedom inside of every one of us who have called upon the name of the Lord is there and it's available, but it's up to us, it's up to you. It's up to you to allow his power to transform you and set you free in your life, daily. And I wonder if this daily part has tripped some of us up. Because we take that step, and we say, okay, set me free, Lord, deliver me, save me, and he does instant, but we're not living in that freedom freedom daily. This is a daily thing. This Christian walk is not a one-time thing, nor is marriage a one-time event. At the altar, when you say yes to your spouse, you're not saying yes to just that day you're saying yes to every single day and it changes your perspective and you're not perfect your, your relationship isn't perfect you're not perfect in that relationship and there are things that you, but you have a different desire it's outside of yourself it's serving it's loving it's, it's how can I give of myself and you don't do it because you have to you do it because you want to And Jesus equates the relationship with God like a marriage. It says, when you're married to me, your desires your perspective is going to change the way that you view how you um, operate and how you provide and how you make decisions. It's not based on yourself. You're, you're with someone and you're with me. But it's up to us to live in that transforming work that God has already set in your life. And sometimes we don't always choose that. Right? We don't always en- choose enjoying in the, the freedom of Christ and the supernatural work that he's already done. There are some people who are safe but, and they're going to heaven and, it's, and God's rescued them but they're not enjoying the freedom from life controlling issues, and it can be very, very difficult and be very, very challenging. And it could be hard to find that fulfillment and joy in their life uh, because their freedom is chained down. I mean, when we're set free, when we ask God to save us, there can still be wounds from the past, right? There's still, there can still be a memory of some really hurtful words that were said to you that were wrong, and they hurt you. There could still be some damages from abuse from when you were a child that are still there. And memories that, that, that just cause you to cringe. In fact, you don't want to go there. You come to Jesus, and you say, God, I want you to, I, I give my life to you, there's still these wearing this humanity. And addiction can still be knocking right at your door. In fact, sometimes it can feel like it's pounding even harder. So when the spirit of control is there, you, you read this, it's the fruit of the spirit, and yet you feel like you're out of control. It can be conflicting. You feel like, am I really in this relationship with God? And It can really cause you to struggle. Maybe your eyes have defeated you. Uh, uh, maybe food has become your companion or the mirror has become your enemy and the words that you speak are nothing that God would ever repeat about you. And yet we're the first ones to say it about ourselves. And so we put these chains on ourselves and it really is this guilt that we place on ourselves and Satan's is like, oh, I don't need to touch them because they're doing a great job on their own. And stress is just taking away your peace and you're asking God, God, where's my peace that surpasses all understanding? And he's saying, I've already provided it for you but you keep putting on the stress. Your relationship with your boyfriend is totally unhealthy. Your desire for a girlfriend is more important than your relationship with God. Your offenses in your marriage, you're not able to get over. Now, these aren't heaven or hell issues. These are quality of life issues. Right? So, h- how much quality do you want to have in your life right now? How much joy do you uh, experience in your day? If you were to rate your day from a one to 10, at the end of the day, are you rating it at a 10 or a five or a two? And if you do, what's your basis of rating? How would you, what makes a good day? Is God anywhere near in that spectrum of saying, okay, this made a good day? And I, I guarantee if you include that in the perspective of the day, your day is going to go much better especially if you include them in the first part of your morning. We're talking about freedom here, and the enemy would love to keep you distracted, disjointed, distressed, depressed, and he would love to keep robbing you and killing the the, the, the joy uh, that you have in your life. He would love to take away all peace that God has given you. The area where you may be chained and where you are in a struggle or a battle in your life is the area that consumes your thought life it's the area area in your life that that seems to dominate your prayers the area that causes uneasiness. the area that that's causing you to think oh lord i hope he doesn't ask for a raise of hands about this specific area Because I'm going to be conflicted on whether or not I can raise my hand in that or not. Because shame has come so far over you that you really believe that's who you are. This is the place that we need freedom from. And Christ has come to give us freedom from that. And liberate us. And this is a major reason why Jesus came and what he preached about. Is setting people free. He came to put to death the control that the enemy has placed over you. and He has come to defeat Satan by giving you the same power that freed Jesus from the grave and gave you the power of life through the resurrection. And it starts immediately when we can wrap our minds around it. Wrap our hearts around it. That freedom is available now. You don't have to pay a penance. You don't have to pray for six hours a day. You don't have to wait a time period from the last time you failed or messed up or sinned to where you could feel like you could be free. You don't have to, to gravel on, or grovel on your knees for a certain amount of time. Jesus says, if you just give it to me, I'm gonna set you free from that. In an instant. Freedom is given to us, but to protect freedom, there's still some battles that need to be fought. Just like America, America's free, but there are some battles and wars that have been fought to protect the freedom. And I wonder how many times followers of Christ, disciples, Christians, whatever you want to call it, they 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 for, they forget about the battle. They forget about protecting the freedoms that God has already given them so that they don't allow Satan to chain them up because I tell you, I guarantee you, he's going to want to chain you right out those doors when you leave, to, leave here today. You'd be driving home and get in an argument. You'd be driving home and thinking, was God really speaking to me when it was very tangible in this moment? There is a spiritual battle that's going to happen right out those doors. Are you prepared for it? Are you prepared for Monday morning? Today, we're going to, at the end of the service, we're going to, I'm going to do a little more teaching, but just to give you a heads up, we're going to be praying for some of this chain-breaking stuff that God does. Healing in your marriages, healing in your relationships, healing with your kids, healing with your parents, um, healing in, um, uh, with addictions, alcohol, drugs, lust, gossip, greed, self-image, all of that are things that, that, that need chains to be broken and more. I wonder how many times that we ask God to heal us and restore us and he does and we walk away thinking we're prepared for a battle because we made a commitment here but the battle isn't prepared with the armor that God has said for you to carry and we walk into battle naked And then we become wounded, we become hurt, we become susceptible to Satan's attacks, and it causes us, once that fiery dart comes and pierces our heart or our thoughts, because we're totally unprotected unprotected for this battle, and all of a sudden we blame God. God, I thought you set me free from this. And then all of a sudden it's like, Lord, I thought that when you said I was free, I was free indeed. Lord, I thought that when you said you saved me, Lord, I thought you said when I had peace, I had it total. And yet we walk into battle totally vulnerable for stress, for anger, for malice, for hardship. We're not protected spiritually because we're not prepared to fight after that one-time conversation with God. And it's not a one-time event. And how many times has our relationship been that one-time event over and over again? And God's like saying, listen, this isn't a relationship based on just you asking for forgiveness every week. This is a relationship of you to be set free from me, with me and my power so that you can be prepared every single day and awaken your soul to realize that you're on the front lines of battle the moment you say that prayer the battle isn't over when you say that prayer the battle just started and I wonder if that's the like one of the main tactics from the enemy to get us distracted is to have us be unprepared thinking that we are prepared and so we walk our Christian walk we're saved, but we're saved being defeated and Jesus doesn't want that for you he doesn't, he doesn't say, I came so that you would live defeated. I came so that you have life. And we're trying to figure out life, but we become so unarmed, unprepared, because, let's face it, there's a sword, and the only way that you can use that sword is through the Spirit. And he's giving you that sword, and it's called his word. And we're trying to fight things on our own power. And God says, you're not going to win any of these battles on your power. You're not going to win it on your willpower. You're not going to win it on your brain power, because everything's going to come up short. You're going to win it on my power, my power, power is built on the spirit. Right. So when we say, man, my thoughts are going awry, have you put on the helmet of salvation? Do you remember who you, you are? Do you remember that day when God called you out? Do you remember your identity of what that means that you're saved? Do you remember what that means in your thoughts of what it means to be a new creation? Does it, do you remember what it means to take your, thought, your thoughts captive so that helmet protects everything that's in there and it doesn't allow anything to come out? That means all the, 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 the stuff that God says about you, you're not letting it leave your mind. That helmet protects what's in there. I wonder how many of us... We have the shield of faith, but we're trying to block Satan's dark darts by our faith. By repeating a mantra, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And God's saying, you can't, you, can't, you, can't, you, you, you can't convince yourself to believe enough. That faith comes from me. I will give you the gift of faith. When we talk about faith, it's supernatural anyways, which is confusing to other people. And they see it as foolishness, but you see it as your hope. And are you fighting and waging war on your own faith? Or are you fighting and waging war on saying, God, give me your faith? Yeah. Or the heart, the emotions. One of the things that is deceitful above all things is your heart. And so we start desiring other things that are outside of God's, God's word or God's will or what you understand of God, what you know of God and his character and his nature and you know of him you start derailing and going outside because let's face it, everybody else says that's a good idea. And all of a sudden, we haven't protected our heart from compromise. And compromise is a big foothold for Satan in your life. And it could look like a, many, a million different things. And he doesn't need to come through the front door. He can just go right, creep right around the back window. we have the belt of truth. All of a sudden we're reading God's word. Hey, I don't know. I, I don't like how this feels. So, I that, I have questions about it. I don't, think I don't think that applies to me. All of a sudden, we're just loosening the notch of, of the belt of truth that keeps us protected, right? Keeps, it, keeps the sword on. The truth to intertwine with the armor of God. This sermon isn't about the armor of God, it just happened to direct this way. But it's true. If you want to find freedom in your life, it's already been given to you. Now you just have to wear the armor to protect the freedom. Christ came to preach that he's a restorer and healer, and he is. Don't let your unprotected spiritual life be an area to blame God that he didn't do what he did. Acts chapter 10, God anointed Jesus. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with them. God was with him. God was working through him. And he was delivering and setting people free and breaking chains in all spiritual aspects, physical, emotional, spiritual. Those of us who are in Israel, we've got to see Capernaum with our own eyes. Jesus is not a fictional character. He was really there and he was really doing these things. He came to set people free. And and you and I individually, that is something that we need to protect. And we desire a close relationship with God. We got to be walking in our freedom in the gift of that. And it's free. And you will be empowered and you won't be defeated. Now here's the other thing. So we have the individual. You as a person, you make up the church. But also us together makes up the church. So you as an individual and then when we come together, two or three, we become the church. And Jesus says this, that I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. That's very, very empowering. And then we'll do even greater things. That's almost convicting, Lord. That sounds way too much. Greater things because I'm going to the Father. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift of the Spirit of God inside of us to be able to operate and do things in the supernatural that we can't do naturally naturally. And that there are things that flow through Christ Jesus inside of us. You make his words audible. You make his hands physical. You make his thoughts vocal. We become a church who is an extension of the body of Christ. We have an important job to do. Because Jesus has set into motion an example for us to live by. And that is living in the gift of freedom. And walking out there with the purpose of saying, God has set me free and he wants to set you free too. In a healthy way. In a good way. The moment we say, God, I want you to heal me, I want you to set me free, there's, there's a couple things that happen and things that don't happen. When you ask for freedom, when he gives that to you, he has healed you and set you free from every chain, every barrier, every burden. When you confess your sin, you repent, you give it to him, he does the work. Right? And he takes every mistake that you made in the past, wipes it clean, he throws every offense that you have placed before God, and he has cast that, as far as the east is, to the west, and you can't get any further than that. And then when sometimes we, re- we say, God, forgive me of this thing that I did, and you did that over again, he's like, quit reminding me. I already forgot about that. He's, says, I-, I put that. Your past, I've given that. When we confess to him in the present, he breaks those chains and he's given us the opportunity to live in the freedom in the future. But the question is, are we living in that future freedom? Here's what happens. We say, God set me free. He sets you free. And then, how many are you, are you thankful for God's grace that is displayed every single day? Do-overs, redos, Lord, redo. And he does it. He's faithful. And aren't you thankful that he's so, so good and faithful? that when we call upon him, he hears. aren't you thankful that a righteous man asks God 77 times 7 and he still hears and he produces inside of us his grace and awareness of who we really are, our identity and the freedom and all of these things he does in an instant? And he does that in your past and your present. But it's the future that he says, listen. Everything that you've committed in your past, everything that that you mistake, all the things that you feel ashamed of, guilty of, all that is is gone. You can walk in the newness and the freedom. But it won't eliminate temptation from your future. Okay? So here's how we get mixed up. Lord, free me, free me. We ask for freedom. He gives it to us in that instant. We feel that freedom and liberation. And all of a sudden, the next day, we get tempted and we think, God, I thought I was free. He said, you are free. From the weight of the guilt and condemnation. You have no more of that. You are as white as snow. You are clean. You're free. But temptation will always be knocking at the door. If Jesus was tempted, come on. So freedom doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted anymore. Especially in the area where you struggled before. In fact, Satan watches every move. And Satan does have power. Can we just admit that? And it's okay. You're not you're not going to be a weaker Christian. You're not going to be more sinful. You're not peeling off armor if you admit that, in fact, you're stronger because you have an awareness of the reality of spiritual forces. Satan has power. But he does not have authority. Right. Satan has power, but he does not have authority. Now, he will lie. He is a deceiver and he is a liar and he will tell you and try and convince you and may have convinced you that he has authority in life. That addiction has authority in life. Mm-hmm. But it has no authority. He just has power. But the power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that lives inside of you. So when we say we're more than a conqueror, we're more than a conqueror because Jesus has given you the power to say no. To be liberated from the past and to have the opportunity to be delivered in the future. But we have to be prepared for a spiritual battle. You're in a spiritual battle right now. Getting here was a spiritual battle. It wasn't just a snowstorm. You woke up, it was cold, and I'm always impressed when people come out on days like today. Because you are here for a reason. And God is meeting here, you here. And I've found that when people make an extra effort, like coming out in a snowstorm, where it's a lot easier to sleep in, when you make an extra effort, it's like God will bless you with a double dose of his presence. It's just the way that God works. And so when it's snowing out, if you make it here, God's going to meet you here on a double portion. I really believe that. So when we're set free, it doesn't set us free from temptation. We should know that. In fact, when we've been set free, and we're not perfect, and and eventually we're going to ask for God's grace again. Lord, I know it's there, but Lord, forgive me. Give me that grace that I need. Right? You come to that moment. You stumbled. came up. You tripped up. That old man just brought back. And God says, I freed you from that, and then we feel the weight of that almost more seriously and heavier than we did before. Have you noticed that? It's like you trip up and you stumble after God has set you free, and all of a sudden it becomes this huge burden, and it really casts a shadow on your spirit. But let me just encourage you in this. If you feel that weight, it's because you were set free. It's like entering into prison the first time. Right? I mean, probably the hardest day in prison is your first day. So when you're living in prison, the hundredth day isn't as bad as the first day. And so when you're living in this, it doesn't affect you. And you say, God, free me. He frees you. And then the next time you step in the prison and you feel the scariness, the weight of that, you're like, oh, man, I don't want to be here. It's because God had already set you free and you have a new perspective that you were living in that freedom and you don't want to go in that prison. Now, the good thing that God releases chains and he opens up prison doors immediately. You say, God, grace upon my life. I need you. And you walk right on out of that guilt and condemnation cell. And you live in that freedom. But the reason that we, were, we, we allowed ourselves to walk into that prison, nobody forced you. The devil didn't make you do it. We did it by our own desires when we were enticed and it gave birth to sin. So us, we were fighting against flesh, right, in this. But we walk into this and we say, okay, I'm going to make this choice. It's because our spiritual armor was not on. We did not put it on the day. I mean, if we put our spiritual armor on every single day, you are going to fight battles and God did not promise you these things and say you might win with these. He says you will stand strong with these so that you can fight against the devil. It's reality. The armor is not for those who want to be saved. It's for those who are already saved and to protect the freedoms that God has already given you and to walk in purpose in joy in peace in confidence on a firm foundation Built on Jesus Christ, with faith, with truth, with the knowledge of who you are, all of these amazing things, with the, with your feet ready to move, be active. And not just be on the defense blocking, but attacking. That's the kind of that's the kind of person I want God to do in my life. Don't you? To live in that freedom every single day? Yes. How powerful and how much better would your day be? Will our days be when we close the day? We say, I walked in the freedom of God today. Your days will be radically changed. And we will walk guarded and protected without our entire body. And God We'll do amazing things through every single day, and it doesn't have to wait till next year until you have enough of Romans read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it starts right now. That's the difference between knowing about and knowing right. him, is experiencing it and living it right now. Right. Let's stand together. We're going to pray with authority against the power of the enemy. We're going to fight some battles today in your life. We're going to ask for God to give you freedom from chains that have been latched on and walking out of prison today. There's a few areas that I think are um, important to cover. Number one, marriages in our church have been attacked recently. And it's always under attack, but it seems like there's just been this recent attack from Satan and marriages across our church family here. So we're going to pray for freedom in our marriages. The spirit of freedom, the spirit of love, the spirit of patience, the spirit of joy, all the stuff that the fruit of the spirit should be in your marriage is going to be built again in your marriage right now. And the spirit of wrongdoings, all those things that that, that says that is not love in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, helps us understand what that looks like in our marriages. So, and if you have the unique opportunity where your spouse is here with you, you get an opportunity to pray with them. And I'll tell you, it's an extreme blessing that you're standing right next to them. And that is very unique and special. Do not take that for granted. Because there are many people in this place who would love to have what you have. Bathe your marriage in prayer. We we're praying for, for that. Next, we're praying for addictions. Addictions is the strongest thing that's going on in um, all of our lives, but especially the church. The secrecy of Alcohol. The desire for lust, the heartbreak of self-worth, being addicted to to, to self-condemnation, break the, the, the chains from that addiction. Break the chain of of food being the comfort. We're gonna pray for God to. Find freedom in your relationships. Now this is a, a relationship with destructive relationships that you have towards you or one another. Maybe the responsibility is on you and you need to go to that brother and ask for forgiveness. But you don't have it in you. It makes you cringe. We're asking for freedom from that today so that you can do what God is asking you to do. That's part of the truth that says, hey, this is truth inside of you. Now you've got to walk us out. It's tough. But there's freedom in that. Maybe it's the other person's fault and you just need to release it. Let it go. God will heal you. You don't have to, you, you won't have to pray against them. You pray blessings for them. These are the areas that we're going to pray for. So, in your marriages, whether your spouse is here or not, if you're married today, and there you want your marriage to be seasoned with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, these things that you want to dominate in your life. You want to break free the chains of harsh words, harsh engagements, bitterness, destructive attitudes, and have God restore a deeper love in your marriage, raise your hand. Yeah, boy, right? All over. This right here is the best thing that we can do. So let me do this. If you're with your spouse, I want you to turn with them. We're going to pray together. If your spouse isn't here, pray with, with me together. Okay? This is good. This is healing. I'm going to have you repeat um, the prayer after me for a little bit, and I'm just going to pray a blessing over your marriage. Kitty, will you come up here? Yeah. Let's pray together. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Heavenly Father. Say it one more time. Heavenly Father. Restore, heal, protect, bless, anoint, break free any chain or barrier in our marriage. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for every blessing uh, that you have to cover the marriage. It, marriages in this place, the home, the family, the relationship, words seasoned with you, God. Lord, go before each marriage and let them dive into you, each other's arms for safety and rescue and love and comfort as you are intertwined with them. Strengthen them, build them, unite them. All these marriages are in your hands in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. For those who wrestle with addiction, any kind, one of the hardest ones to admit, but probably one of the most important ones to admit, is I have an addiction. If this is you, raise your hand. All right? The best part is that you're telling God you surrender in praise. That's how we do this. We're thanking God for a new life. And we're thanking God right now for the freedom and the authority you have in your future. And the power of living in the freedom that He has given you already. Repeat after me. Oh God, break the chains of addiction. Satan has no power or authority over me in my life. Today, I choose you. Tomorrow, I choose you. I will lead with faith, confidence, and authority in Christ Jesus. Thank you for freedom in you. I am ready to fight this battle. I'm ready to give it to you. The victory is already here. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to pray for relationships, hurts, wounds, that you need the Holy Spirit salve to just heal. No more band-aids. No more just not thinking about it. No more just saying it's okay. I'm fine. It's, this hurts, and I don't want it to hurt anymore. It hurts to talk about, but I'm ready to to get it out. I'm ready for God to heal me. I'm ready for the release. I can't drink this poison anymore of unforgiveness, pain. For those of you who are ready to find healing in your relationships, Let God heal the open wounds from hurt words or past experiences. Raise your hand. Yep. And you may have raised your hand once, twice, or three times. It's good. And it's okay. For healing to happen, there's some things specifically for all three of these areas, but especially this one is the person that has hurt you, here's the action, here's the tough part, is we pray today, but you begin to personally pray for that other person. One of the hardest things that you can do, but you begin to pray a blessing, not a curse on that person, and God will begin to heal you in ways that you have never experienced before. It's just the words that God has spoken to us for the recipe for healing. Father, One more time, Father, Father. I give you my wounds, my my hurts, hurts. and my pain. pain. I ask ask that you heal me me. from any bitterness, bitterness. anger, anger, or desire for harm. Give me release from this prison and give me peace and restore me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God sets us free and we call upon Him and ask Him. He will set you free and you will be free indeed. We have given and committed to Him a lot of areas, a lot of personal things in our lives. Do not let your mind go back to an old pattern of thinking. Renew your mind in Him through His Word, through meditating upon Him and His goodness and His character. Participate in letting God love you. Let His love be the thing that carries you to the victory that lays ahead because that is what will defeat the enemy. Love, right? Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is let love the love of Christ go before you, in you, now and tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful, fantastic week. We'll see you then.